How's everybody doing tonight? This is uh, Ronnie Johnson. We're going to do some fantasy football talk tonight, IDP style. I'm here with Sean Smith. How are you doing tonight, Sean? Doing good. I had uh, another pretty good week. Got a win. I finally got off the, the snide, as they say. And I'm back on a winning streak now. Just got to get some healthy guys. I had um, Landon Collins, my lineup. Luckily, he got himself a sack before he went out with his Achilles and done for the year. But all in all, I'd say I had a good week, but I'm going to need this waiver wire edition to find some replacements this week. I had some trouble on injuries. I think you're playing the worst team in the league this week. It shows you favored you? 71 points this week. You're favored. Oh, I didn't even realize I was playing you. Yeah. <laughs> Better bring your A game. I've, I've knocked off these top undefeated teams this year. I'll have to admit, I think uh, you've you've played the – the top two teams in the last two weeks and beat them both. So you're on a streak, but you got me this week. So you're in trouble. We're going to have to do our little side bet on it. Yeah. All right. Should we jump into news and notes for the week? You betcha. All right. We're going into week eight. So we're, we're getting about halfway through the season. And of course we've got more injuries. The bye weeks this week are Arizona, Washington, Jacksonville, Houston. Um, I mentioned this guy earlier in, in the injury news is Landon Collins, the safety for Washington. He's on IR for the year with a torn Achilles. Uh, other news, Panthers released cornerback Eli Apple. I think they weren't happy with him not being healthy. Then Everson Griffin uh, got traded from Dallas. They just barely picked him up this year. They traded him to Detroit, I think, for a conditional pick. Tampa Bay's wide receiver, Chris Godwin, he's got a broken finger. Looks like he's out this week. And the NFL trade deadline is next week. So let's, let's see what kind of flurry of trades we can get. Do you know of any trades that you'd like to see? I would like to see Fitzpatrick get traded if Boy Wonder in Miami does what he does. Maybe Fitzpatrick to the Cowboys. I still got a bet there. I need my uh, three receivers to get 1,000 yards. <laughs> At this point, I think the Cowboys just tank for Trevor. And maybe, what do you think about... Uh, Royce Freeman, not that he's a great running back, but first San Fran has nobody left. We might see something like that because I think he, he can be a starter. Um, maybe not, you know, an every down back starter, but San Francisco's hurting at running back. I think um, LA has had a few injuries. Oh, Seattle's got a bunch of injuries at running back. So any of these teams that still have a chance, they might be looking for some help, but any position i'd like to see some receivers get traded i still think that jets receiver is a pretty good one jameson crowder yeah i think he could be a star on a on the right team but you know who's that right team yeah and i was looking at uh the most injured teams this year i mean the 49ers are number one the giants number two denver the chargers and the saints any of those surprise you with major injuries and still holding up? Uh, the 49ers, you know, they were in the Super Bowl last week or last year, last week. So they, uh, they're not too surprising because they're doing something right there. If they can make it to the Super Bowl, they didn't really lose a whole lot except for all these injuries this year. I am a little surprised to see how they've managed to lose like everybody on their defensive line. <laughs> and they traded DeForest Buckner before the season started. So, I mean, that... That just made things a little bit worse on having depth there. But they, they're they still looking, not only winning, they're winning winning big. 
This might yeah. be a challenge, though. They've got uh, a Seattle team that might be a little upset this week because they probably shouldn't have lost to Arizona. But, you know, that interception at the end, I drafted that guy, Isaiah Simmons, that linebacker for uh, Arizona. He basically Ooh. gets about two points a week, one tackle. But he, he managed to show up and get that interception. Not that I starred him, but that was one of my uh, defensive rookie studs that I had to draft and basically sit at the back of my bench. I would like to start him, but he's got a long way from that status. But it's nice to see him do well. Yeah. Did you uh, see any uh, – I'm trying to think of his name. Jerry Hughes this week came mm. out of nowhere, huh? He might be on a, on a segment coming up shortly, but, man – He's, he's always been good. He played at that team that I've never actually seen a horned frog. I mean, we've seen the horny toads. And maybe that's what they are, the political correct version of that. But I remember playing with those in the desert as a kid. And you just grab them, and they got like little horns on their forehead. Yeah. So, But they made a team after him, TCU, and that's where Jerry Hughes went. And back in the day when they were BCS busters, Jerry Hughes was part of that. So not surprised no. to see him do well. And what Mario Addison's kind of, he's on the older side, but he still, he can still put a game effort together. But Jerry Hughes is, you know, all of Buffalo's, they got a pretty good D line. I'm not I, surprised at all. I agree. Defense is usually their strong suit. And I was hoping your uh, buddy, uh, Adam, empty gas tank of the Jets <laughs> would uh, be canned by now. But, you know, he's still kicking. Gas tank says E. <laughs> yeah. This is done. But yeah. he's still there. I think they're going to keep him all year because they're they if they bring in another coach, the other coach is going to want to win. And they don't want to win. They want first pick. And so they can't make the coaching change. Otherwise they'll probably lose out on getting first pick. So I mean yeah. they they could have very easily beat Buffalo this last week. Buffalo had to kick what six field goals to beat him. Buffalo couldn't even score a touchdown against the Jets. So you know, the Jets have a good defense. They just – they don't play offense very well. I think they gave up like six sacks or something, maybe five. So it's it's not like their offense is just handing the game, but they're not playing well. Yep, and their coach is uh, – Six sacks Buffalo got on, on the Jets. Okay, and their defensive coordinator, I believe, is Greg Williams. Don't I think he's doing all right. That, but I think he's their guy, and maybe Cleveland – hired Freddie Kitchen and he actually came in and was winning. Freddie Kitchen got the job. They kicked him out. <laughs> Freddie Kitchen didn't even last a year, right? Yeah. Gone. So maybe something to Greg Williams, old school, hard knocks guy. Maybe he can be the head coach. I don't know what their plans are. They'll probably, you know, odds are they won't keep any of them, right? They'll bring in a whole new coaching staff and New offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. But if there's one thing the Jets are doing well, at least fantasy-wise, is their defense. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been running with uh, Brian Poole all year. Marcus Mays kind of started off hot and then kind of let down. But, you know, I think he's kind of plays better when the Jets <laughs> are doing better. And they're just not. So, I don't know. Yeah. Marcus May, my boy. You always got to bring him up. Yep. <laughs> he's doing yeah. better than McDougald, so you got that. All right, so yeah. let's move on. We've got the All Buffet team for week eight. Uh, pretty pretty decent size. You know, we always have so many defensive backs, and I'll just give you a little foreshadowing here. Almost every defensive back on this list, and I think there's eight, all but one are safeties. 
So this might be your week. It was a great week. No DB, no, no corners. No, oh my goodness. There's one, one cornerback, but the rest were DBs. So if you, if you are like you and love them safeties, there's a really good chance you had a good week at defensive back this week with all these defensive backs, safeties on the, on the Alba Faye team. Yeah. All right. So let's get started with D line. The Alba Faye team, of course, are individual defensive players that have got a stat in at least four different categories. And of course, I don't always count interceptions and PDs if they only have one of each, because those are technically the same stat. Um, but if they get a second one, then I'll usually count it as two. All right, so starting off with D-line, you just mentioned this guy. I got to bring him up as number one, Jerry Hughes. Out of Buffalo, he had five solos, one assist, two sacks, one interception, one pass defense, and one forced fumble. All over the place. I think he scored over 50 points in our scoring system. So big game, Jerry Hughes. He, he played the Jets, so. You might want to start anybody that plays the Jets just looking forward. This week it happens to be Kansas City, so maybe it's your Chris Jones time to shine. Or Frank Clark. He was kind of a no-show. All right, next up we have Montez Sweat for Washington. He had a 2-1 line, two sacks, and a forced fumble. Nothing great, but two sacks is always nice. Uh, Next up I think this guy's a rookie for Carolina, Brian Burns. He had one, one solo, but six assists. So they love to give out those assists there. Um, one sack, one pass defense, and one forced fumble. So pretty good numbers across the board there. Brandon Graham, the oldie but goodie for Philadelphia. Philadelphia is surprisingly getting a lot of sacks. I think they are averaging above the league average. They're at 3.4, and the average for the league is 2.3. So they do get sacks. And a lot of them had to do with one game where they got a lot. But anyway, he had a 3-1 line, Brandon Graham. One sack and one forced fumble. And then your guy, the clownery, Javion <laughs> Clowney. For Tennessee, he had a 3-1 line in solos and assists. One pass defense and one forced fumble. Those are my D lines. You like those guys? I do. I was uh, wondering about Romeo... Oklahoma oh, of Detroit. Wherefore art thou? <laughs> Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Yeah. yeah. He only had uh, three tackles and two of them were sacks. But God, one more stat, he could have been on your team. You know, the funny thing is it's dumb, but it depends on where you play. Some of these stadiums, they're going to give you a lot more assisted tackles, and some aren't going to give you many. So if you're playing at the right place, and Pittsburgh's not really the right place and neither is Indianapolis in terms of getting assists. But if you play at those, you'll get assists, and it's a lot easier to get on the list. But it sucks if just an assisted tackle is the only reason you didn't make it. Yep. I mean, Clowney, if he didn't get his one assist, he's not on here. (laughs) Well, Clowney, I think, is getting a lot of quarterback hurries. He's, like, right there. He just hasn't – I don't know what – usually he's the opposite. He's getting there. No sacks yet. He's due for a big game. Well, you know who they're they're playing this week, right? Tennessee's and playing Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, uh, if if there's one thing Cincinnati really does well, is give up sacks <laughs> and quarterback hits and pass defenses yep. and tackles for loss. They pretty much are the worst offensive line in the league, with a close second being Philadelphia. So. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Jadavian on here again next week. All right, let's move on to linebackers on the Alba Fate team. You probably like this guy. You drool over Ooh, him in your baby. sleep every night. Your pillow probably doesn't like you after this week, but Devin White, <laughs> Tampa Bay, nine and two solos and assists, three sacks and a forced fumble. Devin White, Tampa Bay, look out. Who do they got this week? Oh, they got the Giants. That might be a second week for him too. Another Tennessee guy, uh, Jayon Brown, for a 7-1 line with four pass defenses. That, that's got me excited. Four pass defenses and one interception. So another, another good Tennessee guy there. Cole Holcomb. Have not said this guy's name out loud this year. <laughs> not many people have. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, for Washington, he had a 4-1 line, one sack, one interception, one PD. So pretty good numbers there for, you know, Washington, they showed up. They sh- Well, okay. <laughs> they showed up for what they could. <laughs> yeah, they, they beat the Red Bomber into submission. <laughs> I thought I was watching UFC. You got knocked out. <laughs> All right, next up we got TJ Watt. This guy we talked a lot about for Pittsburgh. He had a four one line, one sack, and one PD. And those are my linebackers for the Alba Fay team. What do you think of them? Ooh, a lot of solos. Might have found one you missed. Did you mention Leonard Floyd? I might have left him off. He did have a couple of sacks, right? Yeah, two sacks, two assists, and two tackles. I mean, four tackles, but hard to say tackles and assists, you know? Yeah. If he didn't get a PD or something like that or name. Yeah, he didn't get the, the key figure, but he was almost there. If you get six sacks and six tackles, and six assists, you still don't make this all buffet team. <laughs> you're good, but you're not an all buffet team. That's right. And the idea about this is, you know, you take advantage of every possible scoring in your scoring system. Uh, yeah. If you're not getting sacks, you better be putting your hands up and getting that pass defense. And if you're not getting, you know, a, an interception, you just get the tackle. You don't miss any tackles. And so you got to do everything. All right, yeah. this next list is pretty big. A lot of defensive backs. Like I mentioned, almost every one of them safety. So I'm going to try and go through this quick. Starting off with the two, I guess, MVPs of the week because they both got touchdowns. Daniel Sorensen, a safety for Kansas City, 7-2 line, one interception, which he took back for a 50-yard touchdown. And he had the pass defense, of course. Not bad. In the snow. Uh, Eddie Jackson, safety for Chicago, 8-1 line. Pretty good. One, one fumble recovery, which he returned for an eight-yard touchdown. Um, that was, I believe, the Monday night game. About the only thing Chicago had going. Next up, Buda Baker. Whew. Safety for Arizona, 11-3 line and solos assists. One interception, which he took back 90 yards, but no touchdown because <laughs> DK Metcalf is faster than you are, Mr. Baker. And he had the one PD, of course. But wow, 90-yard interception return is almost always followed by touchdown. But not in this case. Great, great effort play by DK Metcalf. Gotta love that guy. All right. So Ronnie Harrison, we've we talked about him before. I believe he's a junior. Uh, he's the safety for Cleveland. A six-three line, one sack, one pass defense, one fumble recovery. Pretty good numbers there. Uh, I like him going forward, Ronnie Harrison. Maybe he's got a tough matchup this week, though, against Las Vegas. We'll see. Uh, Adrian Amos, safety for Green Bay. Five-one line, one sack, one fumble recovery. Nice numbers there. Jordan Poyer. I mean, this guy's on the, the one list, so 
he's an easy, easy target. Safety for Buffalo, 4-2 line, one sack, one PD. Again, he faced the Jets, so don't get too excited. And then Amani Hooker, safety for Tennessee. A lot of Tennessee guys this week, and they lost, so I don't know. Uh, he had a 3-1 line, two pass defenses, and one interception. And then finally, the only cornerback on this list, Patrick Peterson of Arizona. 3-1 line, two pass defenses, and one interception. Big list. What do you think of those defensive backs? Oh, you went deep finding uh, Daniel Sorensen. He's only 1% owned. I've considered uh, putting him on the waiver wire list for the last few weeks. And it's like, ah, I need to see more. I need to see more. And he just keeps showing more and more. So, Well, he's from that top-ranked team that's ranked in the state of Utah, BYU, baby. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say Kansas City. But, you know, uh, we'll see how well he does this week because Kansas City – is going to be in the uh, game they might cancel at halftime because they're playing the Jets. And yeah. they're 19 and a half point favorites. Kansas City is oh, over 19. the hapless Jets. So we'll talk about that one. If not today's show, definitely on Thursday's show on what we think of that spread and where we're, where we're sitting. We might be on different sides of that one too. So anyway, that is the Al Buffet team for week eight. Uh, pretty good list. Not a lot of linebackers showing out. A lot of love to safeties. Uh, but, you know, we had Mike Hilton, who didn't play this week. Um, I guess Brian Poole did, but didn't really play out. So corners are, like you said, right, the, they're just getting getting avoided because a quarterback <laughs> can easily avoid a good cornerback by just going to the other side of the field. Yep, that's for sure. And then uh, I really like it, the list overall. You got everyone I had – Mark down other than the two I had to pick on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they didn't make it, but they were so close. There might've been one person that made it. That was like one tackle, one assist, one PD or something like that. But once you get down into low scoring, it's easy to leave you off when the list gets pretty big, but I try to get most of them in. All right. Do you want to take us into our waiver wire pearls for week eight? You betcha. This is where I, I'm going to need to be paying attention because I've got, I've got to replace a good Landon Collins, but we'll get to DB. All right. Well, for defensive line, I've got four. Jonathan Allen of Washington. Um, Christian Wilkins of Miami. And Jerry Hughes, who we talked about for Buffalo. And Clowney for Tennessee, 30%, 33% owned. And I think he's due for a big game finally. I think so, too. Jerry Hughes, by the way, is only 5%. So, but he's, you know, he's not been consistent, but maybe he starts playing better. We'll see. Yeah, I had to give him a little. Got to give those old guys some love every once in a while. I was hoping you'd bring up this one guy because I can't pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> That's why I left him off. <laughs> Tano Pas Pasignan? Pasignan? He got a sack last game. He has three PDs on the year. He faces the Jets this week. Doesn't get a lot of time, but when he's in, he plays well. He's, uh, you know, I had I had Taco Charlton for Kansas City, and I think this guy's taking Taco's time. <laughs> so no more Taco Tuesdays, unfortunately. This guy is forty four percent, so he's definitely uh, rostered quite a bit. But Demarcus Lawrence for Dallas, he's coming around. He had a sack in two of the last three games, and he faces Philadelphia, who gives up one of the league most. He's they're probably about the third or fourth in terms of sacks given up, but Demarcus Lawrence, he might be uh, playing to earn his money. Let's just say Brandon Graham for Philadelphia, 
52% rostered. He averages more than three solos a game, and he's got six sacks on the year, and he faces Dallas. So you got to love that. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, but Dallas is the new Jets. <laughs> and then uh, Brian Burns, the rookie for Carolina, 31% rostered. He's pretty much a boom or bust sack guy, but he gets a few tackles when he busts usually. So um, dynasty leagues, I really like Brian Burns. Outside of that, it might be worth uh, holding on your bench for a while, but he's <laughs> definitely a player. So that's it for D-line. What do you have for linebacker, Ronnie? Uh, linebacker, I got the oldie but goodie, Vince Williams of Pittsburgh. You nailed that last week. Perfect. Right. I have him too. I got Hanson Reddick. I haven't quite decided if he's if I'm a believer in him, but his numbers the last few weeks have been pretty impressive. And then Malcolm Reed for Denver. And I just – Second year player, I'm not sure what position he's really playing there. Yeah, is he T line or is he outside linebacker? I think our league has him as a linebacker. Yeah, and then I But yeah. he's got back to back games with two sacks. Sacks. Two of them in each. I mean, that's awesome. Especially in so, our story. Yeah, with Denver's injuries, he's probably just playing everywhere. But he gets, you know, three solos on average too. So Yeah. So that's all I have. Uh well, that's almost all of the guys I have. I only have one different. I have Harold Landry for Tennessee, 19% rostered. He has 1.5 sacks in the last three games, but he faces Cincinnati this week. So I'm looking for him to probably double his yearly sack total or his last three-game sack total. Okay, and then going into DBs, I got the guy. No one's picking him up yet. Rodney McLeod, yeah. Yeah, that's too funny. I might because I need a DB, so I'll bid yeah. on it. And then uh, Dalvin – oh, Mick, I can't even – and then we'll say Peppers for the Giants. I'm not even going <laughs> to – I can't read my handwriting. Yeah. I wish I knew who you were talking about with the Dalvin. Dalvin McCorry? Oh, McCourtney? McCourtney. McCourtney? And no why. See, I can't read my hand dry. I'm like, I can't picture the name. But I just For New England, right? Yeah. I think they got the McCourty brothers. Yep. He came out of, you know, because I'm I've got the opposite guy for him in New England. So this when he popped up, I was like, huh, don't know who he is. I, I mean, New England is still one of those teams that I'm still torn. I mean, the you're the ones always so difficult with uh New England. Who do you pick? Yeah. Now, especially in the defensive back field, right? You got we. I mean, we were sticking with Adrian Phillips for quite a while. Devin McCourty, you know, he gets interceptions, but he's he's basically playing, you know, back in the deep, looking for those picks. So if he doesn't get one of those, you might be in trouble because he's not going to get the tackles. And then I like the Jackson, J.C. Jackson, that corner. Yeah, probably better than Jason McCourty because I think they just uh, avoid Jason McCourty more often. But they, you know, they've got Joe Nathan Jones, as I like to call him. So they've think, got a lot of good, good defensive backs. Yeah, and then no standout. Jabal Peppers got first sack of the year, so he kind of got banged up in that game, but I think he came back and played, played through it. So the injury kind of had me a little worried, but he did. Uh, everybody on the Giants team got a sack except for my Leonard, Leonard Williams. <laughs> Oh, man, but that's all I have for DBs. You're just, those are my three magic. 
I think I got completely different guys. We already mentioned Daniel Sorensen, uh, safety for Kansas City. I mean, pick six, 50 yards. He's only 2% rostered, and he gets some tackles. He has increased his fantasy scoring every week this year. So here's his, in our scoring system, here's his points. Four, eight, nine, 11, 12, 20, 45. I mean, he's he's probably not going to, you know, if he gets better than 45, that'd be amazing. But that's just kind of an interesting thing. He keeps getting better. He is playing the Jets. Yeah, so he might, possible. he might get 50. All right, next up is Xavier Howard for uh, Miami cornerback, 5% rostered, four straight games with an INT. So look for Xavier uh, Howard of Miami. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson, he started the year on my The One list for New Orleans. <laughs> Safety, 6% rostered. He faces Chicago, who leads the league in pass defenses given up, thanks to Nick Foles. So I expect those DBs in New Orleans to have themselves a game. And then this guy, I think he's been hurt a lot this year, but Amani Hooker, safety for Tennessee. He's only 1% rostered. He faces Cincinnati with one of the worst O-lines in the league. So look for Amani Hooker. That's it for my DBs. You want to take us to the special, yeah. special team? The special, the special O's? Well, going into the quarterbacks, I've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, hoping he gets traded to Dallas, so pick him up now. I've got Bridgewater, of course. Still He's always out here, right? Yeah, Mr. Average. He does face Atlanta this week, so yeah. there's that. And Mr. INT, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, another three-game INT, or three-INT game. He was off this last week, but, you know, last time he played, it was three INTs. Yeah. Well, I actually picked quarterbacks that might win you a game, not lose them. <laughs> so I do, I do agree with you with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh Pretty good numbers on the year. Uh, I think he did have one bad week, but he faces Atlanta, so that should boost his confidence. Uh, Baker Mayfield for Cleveland. He came off five touchdowns last week. He's only 49% rostered. He faces Las Vegas, who's near the bottom of the league in sacks and quarterback hits. So you give Baker Mayfield some time back there to actually see what he's doing, and he might do all right. Plus, he actually improved when OBJ went out. So maybe he was force-feeding OBJ and hurting his own numbers. So we'll see how that works out. But he's also down a, a huge uh, receiving target with OBJ. So I like, I like Baker Mayfield in that matchup. Phillip Rivers coming off a bye week. Old man Rivers, he's 34% rostered. Um, he faces a below-average Detroit defense. But, you know, Matt Ryan didn't have a huge game, but Matt Ryan did have a decent game. But I think this is going to – in fact, uh, I'll give you a hint of my kickers coming up. They're both in that game. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for my quarterbacks. What do you have for running back? Oh, well, I'm Rough. just glad to get away from Rivers' talk. <laughs> I almost fell asleep there. So running backs, Carlos Hyde with the possible injury to Carson. Is that they, a Liz Frank? They call it a midfoot sprain. But, I mean, I think that's just – a funny way of saying Liz Frank, which might mean he's out a few weeks. Maybe. Last time we thought he was out, he came back and played through it. Yep. And we, and Carlos Hyde was the one that missed games. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you never know. I was Maybe DJ Dallas. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then Wayne Gallman of the Giants, you know, but if Barkley couldn't get it done, but running backs are getting slim pickings. Yeah. And then I would hate to need one this week. 
Yeah, and then San Francisco, Hasties, you know, with uh, 49ers coach needing to rest McKinnon, he might be the only healthy back in town. Yeah. Those, those are my three three running backs for free agents this week. We'll see who the 49ers add to the uh, <laughs> running back IR list this week. They've already got three on it, maybe four. All right, so I only have one but it's different than yours. And it's Malcolm Brown for the, the Rams. He's 57% rostered. He had 5.7 yards per rush against Chicago last week. He's got a pretty good rush defense and he faces Miami and I expect the Rams to be up big. So I think the Rams are going to be running a lot, which hopefully means good numbers for Malcolm Brown, but it could also mean, you know, maybe they get Cam Akers involved because they're up big, but you never know. Miami's Miami's coming off of bye. And they're rested, so that game could go any way, but I expect it to be Rams yeah. by better touchdown. Yeah, I, I try to stay away from them Rams running backs. They burnt me pretty heavy earlier in the year. Well, that's <laughs> it for my running back. <laughs> what do you have for receiver, Ronnie? Oh, going to receivers. I've got Alligator Arms, Nelson and from Las Vegas. Still Corey, in the league. Yep. Corey Davis actually showed up this weekend. And with the major injury to OBJ, Rashard Higgins are my uh, top three receiver pickups. Rashard Higgins only 1% rostered. And he, you know, when he played last year, he looked pretty good. So he might be a great receiver going forward. I think he'll have the same problem all of them have is can you stay healthy? I've got a, so I kind of cheated and went up to 73%. Uh, but Cole Beasley for Buffalo, 73% rostered. Double-digit scoring in every game since week two, and he averages seven targets per game. So Cole Beasley looks pretty good, but he's not widely available. And then Curtis Samuel, 25% for Carolina. He faces Atlanta this week. And, of course, Atlanta. I mean, do you want to talk about the end of that game? It's no wonder. that I mean, <laughs> when do you ever try not to score? And then the defense cheers when you score because they know that they can just drive it down right your throat with a minute to go and score a touchdown on you. And in fact, they gave up that touch. You could see them, the linebackers for – or for uh, who was it that Atlanta – Detroit? Detroit was uh, – they would like throw a shoulder into them and then just fall to the ground so it would look like they're trying to tackle. And then the Detroit guys are raising their hands up when uh, Gurley goes in for the touchdown. It's trying to signal the touchdown for him. Because he fell in, and I'm like, oh, man, this is football. I'm sitting on the couch, and we're actually watching this game, and my wife's like, what is he doing? Why did he – did he get hurt? What happened to him? <laughs> I was like, he wasn't supposed to score that touchdown. And then they signal the touchdown. Well, how do you know it was going to be a touchdown? Because <laughs> he went over the line. That's all they do. You know, the thing is, say they, say they do it right, and he falls down at the one or two. And then they take an E or, you know, try to center the ball. They still got to make the field goal to win because they were losing by two. So, I mean, they still could have lost that game, even if he doesn't go in. Yeah. But they could have, like, you know, wait till there was less than 30 seconds to go in the game and then tried to run it in. And then, you know, take two shots. And then, you know, if you don't make it, kick the field goal. So time means a lot. But any other team besides Atlanta probably could have held out the team with a minute to go or a minute and a half, whatever it was. Even the Jets? Okay. Yeah, even the Jets. Jets' okay. defense isn't that bad. And but, man, that's just too far. Cowboys. 
Okay, the Cowboys might not have either. <laughs> okay, the two worst defenses. But that's why I have now. Curtis Samuel because, uh, I mean, Carolina might have three good receivers. DJ Moore, he had a really nice game. Robbie Anderson's always having decent games. And now Curtis Samuel is starting to get some good games. And they all play Atlanta this week. So I do like Curtis Samuel there. And then Greg Ward for Philadelphia, um, 17% rostered, but he faces Dallas this week. <laughs> so it's all about the bad defenses. And I would have went with Fulgham, but Fulgham's too highly rostered to uh, include in the waiver wire pearls. So Greg Ward and what they, they're running out of tight ends, but we'll get to tight ends next. So do you want to start us off with tight ends? You betcha. The guy, a lot of sleeper picks, Mike Gigowski. Jaseki. was huge. He's a little higher on 67, but he's starting to drop. He was everyone's big, big um, sleeper this year. Logan Thomas of Washington. And then Mr. Troy Burton from Indianapolis are the only three I have. I'm hoping that Troy Burton can do something, but I'm a little worried that they had a bye week to get healthy and whether or not they get Doyle back involved or maybe Mo Alley-Cox is back, who knows. So that scares me with uh, Mr. Burton there. But my tight ends were pretty close to the bottom of the barrel in terms of roster ship. But Richard Rogers, speaking of Philadelphia, he's the one that's taken over for uh, no Zach Ertz and no Dallas Jodert. So Rogers is... Didn't he used to play at Green Bay? Seems like the Rogers to Rogers connections rings a bell. But he's 6% rostered. Um, the other tight ends are injured. He's stepping up. He plays Dallas. Great, great combination of why you should start Richard Rogers. Yeah, eight targets this week. Yep. And maybe 10 this coming week. <laughs> and then Drew Sample for Cincinnati. He's 7% rostered. I like his matchup against Tennessee this week. Uh, if you look just to last week, Pittsburgh's Ebron had eight targets. So maybe Drew Sample's in for a big matchup against Tennessee. And they're going to be throwing it a lot, and they're going to be down a lot. I think I have Tennessee winning that one by over 10 points. So that's it for my tight ends. Nice. Going into the kicking game. You're the expert here, but I have to take the easy one. Jason Sanderson, the number one kicker in our league, in our scoring system, is only 30% owned, and he is a free agent in our league also. And he has not missed a kick all year. Not a, not an extra point, no field goal. He hasn't missed a single kick all year. Got to love that. Yeah, and that's all I have for the kicking game. Well, I went with my matchup of the week. is Indianapolis versus Detroit. Rodrigo Blankenship for Indianapolis is 53% rostered. He's coming off a bye. He hasn't missed a kick since week three. And then for Detroit, you got Matt Prater, who's 58% rostered. He should get a lot of attempts facing a pretty strong Indianapolis defense. And then, of course, Jason Sanders. So that's it for our waiver wire pearls. Do you want to uh, lead us off on the best pickups at each of the defensive positions? Oh, you betcha, because you always smoke me, and I forgot. Yeah, we missed it last week. <laughs> <laughs> we had so much to cover last week. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I am going to – defensive line, I think the best pickup of the week is going to be Clowney this week. If he's available, grab him and take him to the bank. All right. I do like that one. But I think I am going to one-up you with Ooh. Brandon Graham for Philadelphia playing against Dallas. Yeah, and I think Philly's at least a touchdown favorite in that game. So, 
All right. I like that one. Going into linebackers. I, I'm going to go with Hanson Redick of Arizona. Just don't even know where he fits in with them, but he's sure playing well. He's got four games with one plus sack and two games without a sack. So he definitely gets more games with sacks than without, but I, that, that's his thing, right? He doesn't get a lot of solos. He's not really their tackling linebacker. He's their sack guy. He's probably more of a defensive end or outside linebacker, but I think I'm going to stick with um, probably Pittsburgh here. Let me just double check the Ooh, it's Baltimore. That's rough. You know what? I'm going to do a last second change and I'm going to go Harold Landry for Tennessee, 19% rostered. Um, I think that's the uh, pickup to have as Tennessee gets to go into Cincinnati and play the worst offensive line in the league. All right. I like that one. And going into DBs, I'm going to go with Rodney McLeod of Philadelphia. Oh, did you just pick the uh, Arizona guy for linebacker? Yep. Reddick. I'm, I'm not going to point this out because I did that once before. <laughs> I was just let's, looking let's at look that. at the schedule real quick. Yep. <laughs> I, I guarantee you how many points he'll get this week. <laughs> yeah. I did that with Crosby uh, yeah. for Vegas, so I know where that, that is. That should I get for multitasking. I'm uh Yeah, you already moved on picking out your D V. Who'd you pick yeah. at D V? Sorry, I was too focused on uh, I am I am going with Philadelphia Rodney McLeod. Okay. Soon okay. to change my linebackers. <laughs> This one's actually a tough one for me because uh, there's a couple of, I mean, Xavier Howard with four straight games with an INT, but I don't think he can make it five. Not a big fan of his matchup. Um, I do kind of like Gardner Johnson again, who's playing Nick Foles, who Nick Foles, I hate to say it, but he might be done. He's washed up. And Imani Hooker just needs to do a little bit more to prove himself to me. So I think I'm going to go with CJ or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, safety for New Orleans. Okay. That's the pickup of the week, playing against that Chicago team. And what linebacker did you go with? I went with Harold Landry for Tennessee. All right. I'm going to – I would say – You want to switch? I am switching. Arizona's a zero. I am going to go with Nate Gary. Oh, okay. The Philadelphia linebacker. Yeah. I like that. Philadelphia is starting to play well. Their defense is starting to get some numbers finally. That'll be an interesting game. You got Danucci at quarterback for Dallas playing against Philadelphia. So we'll see what happens there. It doesn't seem like they can really run block for Zeke much either. So maybe Gary gets a lot of tackles. I think he got his first interception of the year this week. There this this last week, right? Yep. Got his but, first sack. Oh, a sack. Okay. Yep. Because these all have been about just tackles only. Yep. All right. So we got our uh, our pickups of the week. With all of our talk of making fun of uh, these teams. So we already talked about McCarthy possibly getting fired for Dallas, right? I think I'm on that bandwagon officially as of right now. All right. That team is imploding. The assistant coaches are rubbing their eyes with tobacco, Tabasco sauce just because they can't <laughs> bother to – it burns their eyes to watch the, the film. Yeah. So they're pouring hot sauce in their eyes just so they don't have to watch the film of these games. And then Adam, the Jets aren't going to let him go yet. They the should, but, yeah, they don't, they don't want to win. So if they bring in another coach that can win, that might screw up their plans. 
Doug Monroe of Jacksonville is thinking the same situation. Yep. I think they, they want, they want an early pick. I don't know if they necessarily need number one. I don't think Minshew's the answer. So I think they would gladly take um, Trevor at number one if they had the opportunity. All right. And then the next two coaches I want to ask you about, Mike Zimmer of the Vikings. They've just like, they're not playing like a coach Zimmer's team this year all of a sudden. No. Their defense isn't very good. They're one and five. Their offense isn't very good in terms of offensive line. And they weren't. So he's like my third coach on the hot seat. And then number four is Matt Patricia. But I'm always putting Patricia up there, but he always seems to. They got themselves a win. Yeah, exactly. Against Atlanta. Who finds ways to lose? I mean, it's just (laughs) funny looking at how Atlanta's lost. The onside kick, the yeah. Then falling into the end zone when you shouldn't have. Yeah. One of the strangest things. But I think, you know, the problem with Atlanta is probably a similar problem with Dallas. Well, Dallas needs turnovers. Atlanta needs to get sacks. They're not getting enough sacks. If they would have sacked the quarterback there, game's over, they win. They just couldn't do it. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, you see any other coaches possibly? That's my ticker top five coaches, possibly. Not that I want to see anyone get fired other than I think Gas Tank Greasy. Gas Tank's on E. Gas yeah, e. He's got to go. So uh, Philadelphia is kind of an interesting one there. Were there two and four with a tie? So two, four, and one. Okay. So they're, they're I mean, technically they're winning their division. Yeah. So it's kind of hard <laughs> to put their coach on the hot seat, but – they're looking bad doing it. So. Yeah, and they, Doug just had him in the Super Bowl not too long ago, so I think they give him a chance. He's had quite a few injuries to receivers and tight ends, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. He could be most definitely on there. And, you know, if, if they get a new coach, they might be looking to replace Wentz, who's not had himself a very good year. It's lucky that Kirk Cousins exists. Otherwise, Wentz would probably be the worst quarterback in terms of interceptions on the year. And he might yeah. be leading now. I haven't actually checked the up-to-date stats, but it's it has been um, Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins was on a bye, so we'll double-check. Do you want to move us on to the Thursday night game while I spend a couple seconds Yeah, who's the worst quarterback in the league? Thursday game is going to be terrible. Kirk Cousins and Wentz are tied at 10 interceptions apiece. Okay. So they're both the worst. I I think I like Terrible Atlanta <laughs> at Carolina on a Thursday night game in Carolina. Hey, and honestly, most of the Thursday, like the Denver game we thought was going to be terrible against the Jets, that was actually not a bad game, right? Yeah, that's true. So it's probably not going to be a bad game. I like the Panthers. I like Atlanta – Barely to just barely pull this out for once. Yeah, but the Carolina's two and a half favorites. Uh, Carolina's at home, yeah. And it should rain during the day, but they play at night, so should be fine by the time they play. Either one, either one should get many sacks. Neither one does very good at pass defense. Neither one hits the quarterback very much. So, so I'm guessing it's going to be a quarterback duel. (laughs) Core and. 
Bridgewater and Ryan. And I think they both have good receiving weapons, right? You got uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and now Curtis Samuel for Carolina. Atlanta, you got Ridley. You got uh, Julio Jones. You got yeah. maybe Russell Gage if he's healthy. So I expect some, some good passing. And maybe they just say, uh, we can run too, so we're going to do that. But right. Atlanta just doesn't run. Yeah. So with neither team getting a lot of sacks, let's two sacks. You think any team or how about two sacks in the whole game, both sides combined? Combined? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm going to take the under. I don't think they. I don't think both teams can get a sack. I think both teams can get one sack. And then All there's right. a 50% chance one of them gets a second sack. So I think I'm going to go over. I think really, it's either two or three in the total sacks combined. All right. Looks like I've got another lollipop taken from the little kid. <laughs> it is. It's Halloween coming up. So yeah, this might be a Halloween special bag of candy. Yep. I'm good interceptions i think uh matt ryan's gonna find a way to throw two picks i i don't think uh teddy bridgewater's gonna throw any interceptions and i think atlanta and ryan it's either zero or one so i don't think there's many interceptions in this game either and i think two so it's a a high score and low sacking low defense but you know what carolina does pretty good at keeping quarterbacks contained a lot because they just give up runs, right? They're about the one of the worst three teams against run against the run in the NFL. But they're they're pretty good against the pass. And you have the spread. Do you have the over and under by chance? Over under is you mean the spread? Uh, well, the spreads you said two for two and a half for Carolina. Okay. Oh, the over under I yep. don't have. I could look that up real quick though. Because that's thinking bull. You're thinking high scoring, so over 40? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think we might be looking at 50. It's at 49 is the over-under. Okay. I think I take the over on that. I think I'll take the over also. But I'm, taking the, I'm taking the Panthers, though. And I'm so. taking Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta to win, not just to cover, too. But I'll take – you give me two and a half points, I'll take them. And All over right. the 49. So I think Atlanta – you know, they can play. They just can't play defense. So, Well, they can score with anybody. Yep. And they can also let anyone – I bet the Jets can put up 40 points on them. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Joe okay, Flacco. I would. I, I would be surprised. <laughs> I, I want to see that game. I'll have to double-check the schedule. Not yeah. bad. So I think that's a, that's a pretty good night, Thursday night. Oh, uh, speaking of the our against the spreads, we did a pick six last week. So I've got the results here. We both went four and two, but we both picked exactly the same on all six of them. Uh, four and two is not bad, but it doesn't do you any good if you want to get all six right. Our tiebreaker should have been Detroit-Atlanta, where I had Detroit, but I decided that I didn't like that as the tiebreaker. So we went Green Bay-Houston, and I was the idiot that went with Houston. So you got the tiebreaker. You got four two with a tiebreaker, and I've got four two with a loss on the tiebreaker. But that was our pick six results for last week. Nice. Well, I think we both had Cleveland plus or minus three and a half, and Cleveland only won by three. So that one kind of bit us. Really close one. And then the other loss was something that we lost by a lot. So I'm not gonna well or <laughs> not gonna drown myself in the sorrows of those. Time to move on and 
We'll get ready. We're not going to do our pick six this week. We'll do it on Thursday. And I think we'll do all Sunday games too. So that'll be fun. Awesome. And then uh, did you see my receiver had surgery this afternoon, Mr. OBJ? Oh, wow. He's out too. But my other guy, Corden, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, my players are dropping like San Francisco players. Godwin. Ooh. Oh, because he had a broken finger. Yeah. I, I yeah. think he's only going to miss like maybe a week though. Yeah. Just rub some dirt on it and wrap it with tape. Yeah. He broke to... it on the touchdown catch. You know that? Well, he better man up. But he caught the touchdown and broke his and finger. And didn't drop it. So do you think uh, – so we were talking about how weak Tom Brady's arm looks. Do you think he uh, took that personal and now he's throwing the bullet and breaking receiver's fingers? I think he took it really personal because he knows I had Godwin and he broke <laughs> Godwin's finger. Well, and also I called him up and said, hey, Tom, I'm playing Ronnie in fantasy this week. I'm going to need you – <laughs> to break Godwin's finger on this touchdown pass. Yeah. So going into this week, my receivers, OBJ out, Michael Thomas, who knows what's going on with this guy? Yeah, that sounds and, like a personality conflict yeah. or something. And then Godwin out. Three, All right, so what, three well, top receivers out. What about Dalvin Cook? Is he back in? Because I know you've got him. <sighs> right now, it shows him is out. Still but out, my, but that was guessing. he missed a game and a bye, so this is three weeks. Yeah, so my guess is he's back, and that'll be a big help. Yep, should yeah, be. No. but they're playing Green Bay, and probably means they're going to be down. Last time they played Green Bay, they lost by a lot. Very true. But I guess you're going to have to take advantage of this waiver wire week. Hopefully, I didn't give you too many options at receivers. Yeah, that's I'm telling you, Russell Gage is looking good. My boy, oh, Randall Cobb. We got a little bit of time here to, to look at my team. So I've got the dilemma of Matt Ryan versus Justin Nurbear. So I, had, <laughs> I, had, uh, I started Matt Ryan, of course, last week because it's really hard to go with the rookie. But Justin Nurbear, something like four touchdowns, uh, over 50 points in our league scoring. He's starting to look like the real deal. I mean, he's, he played Tampa really good. Three, three touchdowns against Tampa. Jacksonville, you know, it's nothing to, to brag about. New Orleans, he had four touchdowns. So he's, I think he's, he's becoming a star quarterback. I agree. I think you have to go with Herbert the rest of the year. Herbert. So he's All playing, year. so even at the matchup. So the matchup says, well, he's playing Denver, who's at home, and they caught kind of an orange crush going. They like to get some sacks. They're going to get some pressure. Matt Ryan's going against Carolina, who usually doesn't do good against quarterbacks because they're letting everybody run, but Atlanta's just not going to run. I think they're going to pass it anyway. So my, uh, my heart says go with Matt Ryan because he's probably going to be the high scorer. But my mind says, you know what? Justin Herber, Herber is looking good. You can't bench him against any matchup now. No, Especially how he looked against uh, Tampa Bay. So... That's a tough, that's my dilemma. But I think for now, I've, I've made the switch already twice and just today trying to set my lineup for this coming weekend. But after wow. last week, it's hard. Actually, after the last three weeks, it's hard to go against her bear. I think you start Ryan. I mean, you are favored 75. That would maybe lower the spread a little closer. Give me a chance. What I'm trying to do is trade off Matt Ryan and uh, Julio Jones as a combo to see what I can get out of them right now. 
because Julio Jones has had two two games with eight catches, a ten target, a nine target game. One of those with two touchdowns and one with zero, but close to a hundred yards on one and one thirty seven on the other. So, but Julio Jones is always on the injury list, whether he plays or not. But now looks like the time to get some value out of him. And that would let me put in uh, Travis Fulgham, who I'd like to start this week, because <laughs> this might be the last chance to start Ful- Travis Fulgham. But it's probably best. I mean, there's no way I start him over uh, Julio. No, but I. But if I could I'm, trade him, I would. I'm okay with you starting him over him, just so you know, for the record. Yeah, and maybe benching Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, that's probably your toughest one. Oh yeah. It's going to be rough, but I don't have much other options. Yeah. All right. I think that's about all I have for tonight. You have anything else? Uh, no, I just want to throw out a reminder that uh, if you'd like to email us, you can reach us at idpbuffet at gmail.com. That's idpbuffet at gmail.com. Uh, and one parting note, so you, uh, parting words, you talked about doing a taco bar last week. What'd you do this this last weekend? I s- under the weather, sat around and de- watched the Falcons game. That's how bad it was. Uh, <laughs> we didn't even cook anything. Maybe we did some chili beans, and that was about it, just because it was snowy and cold. Yeah. But nothing braggable. I mean, chili was pretty good, you know. So speaking of bars, I went to a, a grilled cheese bar where you build your own grilled cheese. My brother invited me over. Set out a bunch of different cheeses, a couple different types of bread. And you build your sandwich and some slices of ham you want to throw on there. Pick your cheeses, put it on your bread with the meat or no meat, however you like it. And give it to him. He throws it on the griddle and fries it up. Pretty good grilled cheese sandwiches. So nice. getting, getting creative on the bars you can do. I mean, breakfast burrito bar, taco bar, yeah. grilled cheese sandwich bar, you name it. So my, my choice for this weekend will be thinking of something new. It's Halloween. So, I mean, a candy bar is obvious. But... We'll see what I do. Maybe let's save that for next show because I'm undecided. Well, the grilled cheese. Now the question is two pieces of bread, right? Yep. Yep. Of course. Butter. Garlic butter. Or garlic butter. Garlic butter (laughs) on the outside. Perfect. Yep. You did it right. I got to do ham. I mean, some people say that ruins a grilled cheese to put a piece of ham in there. That's a ham sandwich. Yeah, that's really a sad. That's right. It's no longer grilled cheese. It's just a grilled ham sandwich. Yeah, grilled ham sandwich. But I still had to put a slice (laughs) on there. But man, some of these cheeses I couldn't pronounce, but they were good. A sandwich bar could be nice. Like I do a BLT minus CLT because I just do the bacon. (laughs) I do that every day. (laughs) Just the B day. Yeah, just the B day. Well, we're turning this into a B show, so we better end it pretty quick. All right, kiddo. All right, have a good one. We'll talk to you later.